Welcome to Game Pinions episode 67. I'm your host, Kalman, and today I'm back again for another episode of Game Pinions. This is going to be our annual Game of the Year special. I know I'm a little bit late on it. Usually I try to get this out either the first week of January or the last week of December. That did not happen. We're close to February now, so this is almost like a Game of the Year Valentine's Day special at this point kind of getting there. Um, but we have had one of these every single year that Game Pinions has existed. Um, so I will announce what my game of the year was this year, even though it might be a little obvious considering I didn't really talk about a lot of new games this year. Um, but hopefully for 2022, which what we're in right now, hopefully that will change and we start having a little bit more frequent content again, similar to, you know, years prior. So I want to just go ahead and uh, start things off with some games that I got a chance to play this year for the first time or games that I went back to this year. Um, so the first one is one that I was trying out for the first time this year. It was actually the first official Game Pinions episode was about this game, and that was God of War for the PS4. Um, I did get to play a little bit of that game. I'm still working on it. I am taking a break on it, but I am going to continue playing that this year and eventually hopefully have a follow-up episode as to what I feel of that game because I know I said I didn't really have a connection with God of War and I never followed it up and we're almost four years uh, later at that point of the recording of that episode. So it's definitely been a while, but I am playing it and hopefully in year four here, I'm able to uh, to definitely get some opinions of that game out into the uh, the airwaves here. So besides God of War, I also started playing Metroid Prime, which I did play a tiny, tiny bit of Metroid Prime uh, way back when, um, but this is like the furthest that I've got. Um, so I've been, you know, still trying to get through that game, playing it on the Wii U. Prime Collection is definitely fun. I hope that they release a Switch version at some point. I'm sure it will happen, uh, just not really sure when. Another game I've gone back to has been Knights of the Old Republic, and I took a break from that, but I'm like super close to finishing it. It's probably within an hour or maybe even less um, by the time I'll, I'll be finishing that game up. Really awesome story if you've never played it. It's actually available on Switch. I'm playing on PC, but it's also available on Switch, which I think that game would be highly suitable for a portable. Yeah, definitely check that out if you've never played it. If you're a Star Wars fan, this is kind of a good time of the year to get excited about Star Wars because you have the Boba Fett show that came out. Um, you know, obviously there's still some really awesome shows on Disney plus to catch up on. If you haven't watched it, I'm still watching bad batch, uh, which is really good. So good time to get into star Wars. Uh, definitely recommend KOTOR if you've never played it. Another game that I have been uh, going back to has been Xenoblade Chronicles. And I played most of that game on the Nintendo 3DS, the new 3DS. Uh, wasn't the prettiest game. Wasn't the prettiest experience on there playing it on the switch. I definitely, I'm impressed that they were able to fit that entire game on the 3DS because it is a pretty big game, but I am enjoying it quite a bit. Just kind of taking my time with it and having fun with it. You know, it's kind of a good like change up game where you can go on there and just kind of, you know, grind away. So definitely enjoying that. Looking forward to uh, seeing the conclusion because I didn't finish it on 3DS. And that was a game that I really did want to finish because the story is pretty good. Like it's it's a pretty great story, and you know I, I do have some complaints about it on the Switch. I feel like they definitely could have you know revamped that a little bit more. But that's actually a topic for another episode that I am currently working on, and we'll get into that the nitty gritty uh, later on in in 2022, maybe next week or the week after. We'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Um, Fallout 76. I did put that back down, but um, that is a game that I was 
you know, playing quite a bit this year, going back to it and enjoying it and having fun. Definitely a much improved product. You can definitely go and look up the Fallout 76 Redemption podcast episode, uh, which was a couple episodes ago um, to kind of get a gauge as to what I feel about that game now. And if that was something that you're interested in, for sure, um, definitely check that out. So I guess we'll go ahead and we'll go into my, my game of the year runner up here. And the game of the year runner up is just a game that I feel like really exceeded my expectations. And that is Monster Hunter Rise. I did make an episode about Monster Hunter Rise. I have to just say it's it's a really phenomenal game. Like, I feel like Monster Hunter has gotten easier, and I think I did touch upon that in the episode, but basically you just have more mobility than you used to in the old game. You know, you don't have as long of animations when you're taking potions, and there's definitely some trade-offs. At the same time, with the added mobility, you also can't, you know, hide from monsters by going into a different zone. Back in the old Monster Hunter games, if you went into a different zone, it would take you, you know, kind of into a little mini load screen and you'd be on the other side. The monster would kind of have to, you know, wait a little while before it could go to where you're at. And there is no, there's no way to do that in this game. So if you are in trouble, despite having more mobility, there is kind of a bit of a trade-off there where you can't just flee to safety. But I think the game is more approachable now, and it's also, I just think, more fun. I think that the added mobility, just especially if you've played the older games, you just, you definitely appreciate what you have now. You know, and able to, you know, you're able to move so much quicker. And it's definitely a lot of fun. So I definitely recommend Monster Hunter Rise, um, not only to returning Monster Hunter fans, but also to people that haven't played the Monster Hunter series yet. I would recommend Rise way more than I'd recommend Monster Hunter World. I just don't, I'm not a fan of World. For some reason, it just didn't click with me. I tried to go back and play it. I just, it's just not there for me. It just feels too different from the Monster Hunter formula. And I think that Monster Hunter is just better as like kind of a crude experience it's somewhat crude um but this one is definitely more of a polished hybrid between world and like monster hunter 4 monster hunter try um so definitely monster hunter rise i think is the way to go you kind of have that same feeling um of the older monster hunter games but you're kind of getting a little bit more of like a polished feel um i think it's a perfect blend and I can't recommend that game enough. It was very close to becoming my game of the year, and it very well could have been my game of the year if you know other games didn't come out, uh, specifically what our 2021 game of the year is. So before I go into our 2021 game of the year, and this isn't going to be an extremely long episode, um, but I just wanted to kind of talk about the previous game of the years um, before we get into that. So our first ever game of the year was Spider-Man on PS4. Spider-Man was just such an exceptional experience. It was so good. You know, I've said this so many times, but when you have a game that just makes moving and maneuvering so much fun that you don't even want to use the fast travel, Spider-Man is the one game I can't say I've ever used fast travel in because getting to point A to point B was just so much fun. Swinging from the buildings felt right. It just felt like it was perfectly balanced. It felt like it was perfectly tuned, highly optimized. It was so good that it's just so hard to, it's so hard to top. Like that feeling of, of being able to do that, it's so hard to top. And the fact that just controlling your character in itself is fun before even going into any other mechanics, it just is such a huge advantage. And then to top that off, everything else is so well done as well. It's uh, it's pretty phenomenal. So everything about that game was really great. The story had this like feeling that, 
you know, is a blend with nostalgia from, you know, watching the other, the old Spider-Man movies with like Tobey Maguire, but just having that, that feeling and having the, you know, the, the city and everything seems like it's, you know, alive and, and breathing. And it was just, it was really, really good. I mean, they did a phenomenal job on that game. By far the best superhero game I've ever played. And I'm definitely excited to get the PS5 at some point in time and play the uh, Miles Morales game because that looks really fun. But I want to wait till I have the PS5 to do it. And then, of course, eventually, you know, future Spider-Man games as well. I'm really excited for. So this next game was Death Stranding. I know that one's kind of like a, a controversial game. Some people love this game and some people hate it. People call it Walking Simulator. People, you know, bash this game all over. The thing with Death Stranding is that people complain about how there is kind of a lack of parity in the gaming industry. There's a lack of variety. There's no, everything kind of feels like reskinned and, and repackaged. And I feel like Death Stranding is a game that was made to basically, you know, bypass all of that. This was a completely, truly unique game that we've never had anything like before. And people say, oh, it's just a mailman game. The thing is, what do you do in every other RPG or every other game? What are all the, the side missions? They're delivery missions. This game doesn't dance around it, though. This game is basically saying, yeah, we, we're acknowledging what this is. You're a delivery person, just like how you are in other games. But in other games, you're, you know, the Dragonborn or, you know, whatever. Death Stranding doesn't dance around it. They're, they hit it head on. And they do it in such a way that it just feels like your character is doing a job. But then during that job, they have to do other things. They become, you know, what I think a lot of people would kind of just, you know, be like, oh, you know, that's grunt work. But you eventually becoming, you know, you become the hero from doing your job. And the game is just so unique and rewarding. And the story is so bizarre that during the story, it's like, what I just remember seeing the first cutscene of that game and just how how weird it is. And it's like, I want more of this. Like, this is just something completely off the wall. And it's something fresh and unique that we haven't seen before. And it was just really good. And despite Spider-Man being basically free reign, Death Stranding was the complete opposite of that. Death Stranding was very restrictive as to what you could do. You know, you had to kind of pick ways you needed to maneuver and you had to be stealthy through this open world. It wasn't an open world where you could just go frolicking around and nothing happened. You had to be very stealthy if you wanted to not run into issues. And when you ran into issues, you had to be somewhat resourceful to get out of those issues. So I think Death Stranding was, you know, a very restrictive game and it held you in check the entire time. But, you know, compare, but, you know, combined with low roar music in the background, you know, combined with the different characters and just how wacky the story is and how there was little things thrown in there. You know, obviously brand placement with monster energy was hilarious. Um, and I really didn't mind it in that game. I thought it was done very tasteful. You know, if he drank too many of them, he would kind of be bouncing off the walls. And then, of course, you have like, you know, the beer company where you're drinking the beer. But the, the ending of that story, and I'm not going to spoil it because I know some people haven't played it, but the ending of the story was very emotional and it just was nice. Like I remember finishing that game and just being completely satisfied with what happened and what occurred. And when you, you know, commit that many hours into a story, you know, you want to leave it feeling great. And this one was on a next level, I think, um, especially for a video game. Uh, in terms of, of a story and how it all kind of wrapped together at the end and how everything was kind of, you know, falling into place. 
And there's just little, there's other little things too in there, which was, you know, just, it was just done so well. And you really have to play the game to experience it yourself. And was the game perfect? No, absolutely not. The controls were a little janky, um, but that was kind of the nature of the game. Um, but there was just, there was so much to love here and in a, in an environment and in a, in a market where there's not a lot of variety, Death Stranding did something different and not a lot of people appreciated it, but a lot of people did. So, you know, there was, it, it just, it was something that we needed. I think it was something that was really needed. I needed it personally just to kind of shake things up. That's another, that's also another topic for later on, but you know, the industry just kind of feels a little bit stale and Death Stranding kind of, you know, helped us break away from that quite a bit. Just been doing something different, you know, and I think anyone but uh, Kojima wouldn't have been able to make something like this, but because he has such a, a strong standing, he was able to do it. And it was just a, a breath of fresh air. So I definitely, I definitely appreciate that game. And that was definitely our, our game of the year. And I guess it was 2019. That would have been the year. Um, but it was just, it was phenomenal. I think very highly of that game. I still do. I want to get the, the director's cut. If you haven't played it, you have a PS5, get the director's cut. It's apparently even better. So I would highly recommend that game. And you, you will not be disappointed. Just go in there with an open mind and just play through it. Just get a few hours in and it, you'll, start to, you'll start to get it. So the next game that I picked, and I kind of regret this in some ways. It's Call of Duty Warzone. Now, I know Call of Duty Warzone, when it first came out, there was something special about it. It was the first Battle Royale game that really clicked with me, and I talked about Battle Royale games in previous episodes, and if you ever go through the backlog of game opinions, you probably hear me saying, I don't think I could commit to a Battle Royale game just because I feel like the the time spent gathering your materials and then just dying, it, it just seems kind of like a waste. Now, I know games in total, you could, you could make the argument, well, hey, everything you're doing is kind of a waste, but... I don't view it that way. I think that it's a, a fun use of time. But I think that Call of Duty Warzone just had a level of polish and a level of quality that the other Battle Royale games just didn't seem to have. Um, something has always felt off with Fortnite for me. Um, even Apex Legends. There's just something off with it that doesn't feel like a normal first-person shooter. Where Call of Duty really just felt like it was Call of Duty, but with, you know, different rules. And... I really loved how Call of Duty Warzone was when it first came out. I have fond memories of playing that with friends, and I will always cherish those memories. I thought that those were some of the best gaming memories I've had uh, in recent years, just because of how fun the game was and how well it played, and you know the coordination between uh, you know us as teammates, and it was a lot of fun. You know, I really, I really think you know positively about those games, and I do hold that in 2020, Call of Duty Warzone came out at the right time, and it was just the most fun I think I had that entire year. That was why I picked it as the game of the year. I think in terms of quality, I probably would go back and say that Ghost of Tsushima probably should have won that for us, but I think just in terms of fun and how fun I had, and I can't hold on to that uh, you know, Warzone and, and judge it for how it currently is, like what what the current the current state of that game. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, the current state of Call of Duty Warzone. I can't judge our selection on the game of the year from last year and judging it by today's um, situation. So I will I will though say that Call of Duty Warzone definitely was one of the most fun online experiences I've had in recent years and. Uh, I don't really regret 
picking it as game of the year. It just doesn't seem like that selection is going to age very well, where I feel like Spider-Man PS4 and Death Stranding, you know, are going to definitely hold up for years and years and years. So that is going to bring us to our 2021 game of the year. And this is a game that I talked about in the last episode. And that, of course, is Metroid Dread. Now, I know there's a lot of other games that came out this year, but you have to also keep in mind that I have not played a ton of games this year. Monster Hunter Rise and Metroid Dread might be the only games that I played that released this year, if I'm remembering correctly. So there wasn't a ton of competition for this reward. Metroid Dread, though, did beat out Monster Hunter Rise, which I think very highly of Monster Hunter Rise. You know, obviously there's like Returnal and there's, um, you know, Deathloop and a whole bunch of other games, but I don't have means to play those games. So I had to play what I could play. I was also trying to save a little bit of money this year and not spend a ton of money on games. So Metroid Dread is going to be the selection from this year. And, And why is it the game of the year? Well, one, I think this game has a level of polish that you just don't typically see with a major, you know, release anymore. I feel like a lot of these, like, you know, especially like third-party releases, there's always so many issues when they come out. And I think Metroid Dread may have had an issue here and there, but as a whole product, I think that Metroid Dread was just on a different level in terms of polish. You know, its controls, its animations, um, the, the level design was phenomenal. I mean, everything felt like it was kind of guiding you into a certain direction. Um, but you still kind of had to be smart and had to, had to go with it and not get yourself tripped up. But there was just a, a level of polish and controls and everything felt good. And it kind of goes back to the Spider-Man PS4 mentality where when it feels great to control your character and that's fun and the, and the motions are, you know, are fluid and everything just feels and reacts how you want them to, it just already sets the game off on the right foot and, Metroid Dread did that exact thing, but also combining the gameplay mechanics, which were really good. The sliding mechanic was really good. Um, And then, of course, having uh, the atmosphere that the game was able to create. And that's, you know, in 2D, you know, going into the Emmy zones was a little bit stressful. They nailed the music, which played in there, or I guess, you know, I guess it would be considered music and the sounds. They nailed that to kind of up anxiety levels. They did a really good job making it feel urgent. And I feel like, especially for a game that has been rumored since 2002 or 2003, this is a game that fans have been waiting for for a long time. The expectations could not have been higher for Metroid Dread. And Mercury Steam's last Metroid wasn't the best. It was a good building block. Samus Returns was... It was a good building block. But this game had high levels of excitement at E3. This was one of the biggest announcements at E3 in terms of, one, just of how big of a deal a new Metroid game is, but the fact that it was this one, Metroid Dread, that was putting this into a position of high scrutiny if this game did not pan out or if there was anything wrong with this game. This game would have been blasted by those Metroid fans that have been waiting for this game for a long, long time. So the fact that expectations couldn't have been higher and they released a game and exceeded all of them is pretty phenomenal, especially Mercury Steam, who has only ever made another Metroid game, but they showed growth. They showed improvement. They showed that we can make a high level Metroid game 
And some people think this is one of the best Metroid games now. But I was blown away, and someone that's not really a big Metroid fan, when I went to Target a few weeks ago, I saw the Amiibos for this Metroid game, and I had to buy it, because this is just such a good game. And I am so impressed with how well they did. I was hooked on this game. This was like kind of like when you play like an old like Castlevania game, and it's like you start off, and you're like, okay. But you know, before you know it, you're hooked. Even though you keep dying, even though there's like some really difficult portions of the game, you just have to keep playing and playing and playing. I can't remember the last time I played a game where I'm like fighting a boss and I keep dying and I'm not really getting mad. I'm just continuously going back and trying to beat it again and again and again. It's almost like you have to beat the game or you have to beat this boss. And I felt that with Metroid Dread. I really did. Especially the last boss, you have to use a lot of your different abilities, and I don't want to spoil the game, but you have to use a lot of your different abilities, and you have to know when to use them and how to use them, and you have to be resourceful during that last battle, but it's very stressful at the same time, so you don't want to mess up by getting you know nervous that you're going to screw up. It was just a completely great experience. Like It was such a good video game. I, I know like there's a lot of other games that came out this year. But even though I only played Metroid Dread and Monster Hunter Rise and maybe a few other games like Mario Party, the one that came out, I can't say that I can imagine another game hooking me as well as Metroid Dread did this year, especially just considering everything surrounding it and all the criticism surrounding it. Even though the people that are saying, oh, I wouldn't pay $60 for it, probably wouldn't have paid anything for it anyway because they weren't the target audience of this game. But this game was well worth $60. I don't think there's any question about it. This game was worth every penny. It's been a long time since I've played a game that has felt this clean and polished and everything just feels how it was supposed to. And Metroid definitely exceeded expectations. It was just the one of the most perfect games I think I've played in a long time. So I definitely award Metroid Dread the Game Pinions 2021 Game of the Year. And I'm excited to see what Mercury Steam does next. I think that would be an acquisition for Nintendo that would make a whole lot of sense. They get what is going on over there. I feel like their next project is going to be even better. And I hope Nintendo does the deal and and secures Mercury Steam because that just seems like they deserve a, a big payday and they deserve to be rewarded for the work that they've done. And I think being a part of the Nintendo uh, umbrella there would definitely be um, a great way to uh, start that process. So uh, Metroid Dread, game of the year. First Metroid game I've ever beaten to completion. And man, it was it was really good. Highly recommend Metroid Dread. And that is going to uh, wrap up this year's game of the year episode. Kept it pretty short. Wasn't too long. Um, but yeah, definitely excited to see what this year brings. I know Pokemon just released as of recording. I think it released a couple days ago. I know people are, you know, kind of mixed about it in some ways, but I feel like the most majority of the reviews and all that are positive. It might be something I'll have to check out myself. Um, but definitely look forward to more content. I do have a couple episodes planned. I know I probably say that all the time, but this time I'm being serious. I do have a couple episodes planned and uh, definitely excited to uh, to get those underway. But this has been Game Pinions, the 2021 game of the year special 
and hopefully I'll play a little bit more games this year and have a little bit more competition for next year's game of the year. We'll see what happens. So I hope you have a wonderful day and I will catch you on the next episode of Game Pinions. <laughs>